Our scripture is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, just two verses. Please follow along as I read this portion of God's word. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. May God bless the reading of his word together. Thanks be to God. So it is our 12-year anniversary. Uh, Back in 2005, my wife Olivia and I moved to Long Beach uh, before we had kids um, and uh, started with a small group of people. There were about 12 of us. Uh, who, they were a, a community group from Pacific Crossroads Church. We were living in Santa Monica before. We moved down with this group of people. We started Bible studies in our living room on Sunday evenings. And it was a very unique and special time in the life of our church. We were able to dream about this new church that we were going to help start in Long Beach. And here we are, uh, 12 years later, still dreaming In those first five years of our church, starting in 2006, when we started meeting for worship services, I would categorize those first five years as a period of time of building the foundation for King's Church. We were laying that foundation through the gospel, through our values, through the things that we hold dear as a church. And in that time, We were able to recruit and train and install our first group of elders who would lead our church into the future. I would categorize the next five years of the life of our church as a time of growth. This was a period of time uh, where we did a campaign called Project 3. Many of you were a part of it. We took um, pledges. We raised half a million dollars uh, to become fully portable as a church, to move over to this side of Long Beach, to be able to um, renovate and have a a 24-7 office space, the Commons, which is behind our church building here across the alley, to be able to move into the Petroleum Club, uh, to do many, many things that we've been very privileged to be a part of and we've seen help to grow and expand King's Church. And now we hear, here we are at year 12, and I would categorize this period of time as a time of transition. Of course, uh, the end of last year, Pastor Robin, who had been with us since 06, uh, transitioned uh, to a new position at a church in Escondido. Uh, this anniversary Sunday also happens to be Irene. Irene's last Sunday, she's been our uh, King's Kids director for over eight years. Kaylee, who has been serving as our youth director for the past three years, is is moving on to start seminary in July. So it seems like one after another, some very tough, difficult losses uh, to our staff, to our leadership, to our church family. So it's a time of transitions, but not all of them are are sad. This morning... uh, We grieve the losses, but we also celebrate David, who will be ordained and installed as an assistant pastor at King's Church. 
And so with so much change taking place at our church, I thought it appropriate to spend a few moments looking at these two verses in 2 Timothy chapter 1. They're pertinent because the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Timothy as he was considering a vital transition that was taking place in the life of this fledgling early church. You see, the Apostle Paul, this man who had for 30 years traveled thousands of miles around the Mediterranean region, faithfully preaching the good news of Jesus, planting new churches, defending the truth. He was sitting in a Roman prison cell. And I think I have a slide that gives you an idea of what that prison cell would have possibly looked like. Paul had already been to court. He expected to be executed very soon. He was alone. Uh, Only Luke was left to, to be with him. The emperor Nero at that time was bent on destroying the church. Heretics were popping up all over in the churches that he had established. That's Paul. In just the verse after the passage that we read this morning, Paul says this uh, to Timothy. You're aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me. He's, He's pointing to the fact that so many have turned away from Paul and his gospel. That he had been preaching. And so here Paul is alone in this prison cell with all these transitions taking place. And he's wondering what's going to happen to the church when he was dead and gone. What would happen to the ministry when new people were to be leaders of the early church? And it can be argued from a human perspective that Christianity seemed to be on the verge of annihilation. And so Paul writes this letter to Timothy, to a key leader who would carry on the work that Paul began. Now, Timothy was not the most impressive individual. He wasn't the strongest, most capable leader. Maybe you should take some comfort in that, David. (laughs) Uh, uh, Paul seems to be following Jesus' lead here in finding men who were not very impressive. Uh, Timothy was a comparatively young man. Paul writes about that in his first letter to Timothy. He was prone to illness. It's likely he was very timid by temperament. Maybe he was a very strong introvert. And so he wasn't this charismatic, dynamic leader. But as Oswald Chambers, the 19th century uh, Baptist evangelist, puts it, all through history, God has chosen and used nobodies because their unusual dependence on him made possible the unique display of his power and grace. He chose and used somebodies only when they renounced dependence on their natural abilities and resources. So here Paul writes these words to Timothy, and let let me read them again, verses 13 and 14. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. I want you to notice in verse 13 these words, sound words. Uh, In the Greek, we get the sense of that these are healing words. These are healing words that Paul's talking about. Here And these healing words are also 
the good deposit that he refers to in verses verse 14. The good deposit gives this imagery of a precious treasure, a treasure that is to be guarded. Uh, the word good here uh, literally means beautiful. It's a beautiful deposit. So the sound, healing, beautiful, precious words that Paul wants Timothy to guard above all else is the gospel. It's the gospel. Paul's using this imagery of, of guarding a palace against marauders or guarding uh, possessions against thieves. You see, Paul knew there were heretics and false teachers who would come in and contaminate the gospel message, that that was a real threat, that this precious treasure that Paul had pronounced throughout the Mediterranean, using this message to see people come to faith in Jesus, that these false teachers would come in and mix it and contaminate it and destroy it, ultimately. And so Paul's concern is that through all these transitions that are taking place, make sure the message remains pure. Guard the message no matter who's in charge, no matter who's leading. It's a beautiful, precious treasure that must not change. And what's interesting is in the commentary I read this week, the commentator used this phrase, make sure it's unalloyed or unsullied or uncontaminated. Now, that word unalloyed struck me because I recently, as some of you know, I like to listen to audiobooks. I've been listening to this audiobook called Stuff Matters by Mark Maldownick. He is a material scientist uh, in England. And it's a book about the hidden wonders and astonishing properties of materials that we take for granted every day that our society has been built upon. There are chapters on materials such as plastic, the invention of plastic. He tells the story of how plastic came to be. He tells uh, a story about glass, even chocolate. So those of you who love chocolate would enjoy that chapter. But the first chapter is on metals, steel, specifically on razor blades. Uh, and one fascinating discovery related to metals over the history of humankind, over thousands of years, when they discovered metals that naturally occur, uh, these precious metals, they tend not to be very strong, and they're difficult to use as tools. Take, for example, gold. Gold is a precious metal that we find that occurs naturally. The problem with gold is you can't use it as a tool because it's a relatively soft metal when it's uncontaminated. What happens and what needs to happen for gold to be useful in tools or in jewelry is often it needs to be brought together with another kind of element. So gold in its pure form is reddish-yellow. I think of a slide with a pure gold ring. Compare that with the ring on, your, on my left. That's white gold. Now the reason it's white gold is because the gold has been melted and combined with nickel. 
it becomes an alloy. And that, on the molecular level, these two elements bond together and it becomes stronger and is used in jewelry or, or some other way. Now, what's true for a metal like gold, an alloy actually can be a good, useful tool. But what happens is that white gold isn't as precious as the pure, unsullied gold. And what Paul is saying is that the gospel is the same way. It needs to be uncontaminated, unalloyed. There should be no mixture taking place for this precious message that we have. And what is that message? Well, Paul tells Timothy in the verses leading up to 13 and 14 and 9 through 10, listen to Paul's words. He says, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death, brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Notice what this gospel message is. Notice the parts of it here at the beginning. He says it's not something that we have done to obtain, but something given to us by God. It is something that God has done and granted to us by grace, and God did it through Jesus Christ. And what is it that he did? What is this gift that is given to us? Not something that we earn, but by grace, Jesus Christ abolished death and gives us life. Through his death on the cross, through his resurrection to new life, that is the gospel message that this is an announcement of what Christ has done. And it's possible and and, and accessible by you through faith. Not anything you could do. It is the gift of God for you. And it's available for you. Now see, Paul's concern is what happens when a pure, precious message like this is transmitted through other people. If you guys, how many of you have played telephone? You know the game? I think I have a slide here. Notice what happens, right? It starts at the end. The one kid says, peas. The next kid says bees, the next one says knees, the next says cheese, and the last one's like fleas. <laughs> this is the danger of transitions. This is what happens when a message is passed from one person to the other, it becomes contaminated. And this was Paul's concern. An example of how this can happen to the gospel message was what Paul was dealing with in the early church. There were heretics, there were false teachers who would say, yes, Jesus saves, that's true. But you need to be circumcised and you need to observe the Jewish rituals in order for it to really take. See, that was an example of of a contaminated gospel. So for us, that temptation is there. You know, it's the end of the school year, and a lot of kids get 
awards at the end of the school year, don't they? And all of us parents, we just love seeing our kids get awards. We're so proud, and we try not to be disappointed when our kids don't get awards. Uh, We still love them, but boy, it sure feels good. And those kids, they love to get those awards because they work hard to obtain recognition, and they're given the trophy or they're given the certificate because of all their hard work work. And can I tell you, it is so difficult for us not to apply that same thinking to the gospel. It is so hard for us not to say, yes, Jesus saves. But all you need to do for that to really take is fill in the blank. Maybe be baptized in our church. Or maybe it's follow our rules. You fill in the blank. The church has been filling in the blank, unfortunately, for 2,000 years. And the gospel has become contaminated. But the message Paul wants us to hear is no matter what the transition, no matter who, who the leader is, what must remain pure is the message. Jesus saves. And he's accomplished it for you. And it's available All you have to do is receive it. And that's the message we want to continue to proclaim here at King's Church. And we hope that you will guard that message with us and see it as precious as we see it for the glory of Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for the pure gospel, the good news the gift, the precious gift of life and relationship with you that you provide. Jesus, may we at King's Church guard this good deposit, whether I'm up here, David's up here, whoever may be up here. May we honor and glorify you by pointing people to you, not to us, not to this church, so that our hearts might be strengthened and we might show your love to the world. For your glory we pray. Amen.